What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm gonna start with a fan shout out. This is from Lindsay, and she says, I have been binge listening to this podcast ever since I found it a couple weeks ago. My husband has also been going through them, and this has been so significant for us in our recovery process. I'm so encouraged to hear you be able to discuss um, and process your story with such hope and honesty. Ashlyn, thank you for being so willing to do your part. It is motivating to me to do my own work and to really take charge of my recovery. Much love to you guys. I hope you continue. Thank you. That's it's awesome. awesome. Very sweet. I love hearing that, honestly, because I fought my own recovery for a long time. So I'm glad that that's the message that she's receiving from me. Uh, yeah, that makes me so happy because yeah. there's a lot of places uh, you can go to, to play the victim and to wallow in how you've been hurt. And f- from what I hear from that review, um, our message is coming across, which is, you know what? women mostly or the betrayed or whomever it is um you you got this you can work on you you can move forward and and working your recovery is important it's not just on him to get better so i loved what she said thanks Lindsay. okay so we are um talking about relationships today and we're talking about the most important piece to a relationship which is trust and safety so we bring this up all the time because obviously betrayal ruins trust and safety. Um, addiction also undermines trust and safety in a relationship. What we're going to break down today is the top five signs um, that you lack trust and safety in your marriage. Okay, So um, these aren't in any particular order, but these are um, the five signs. critical ones. Like. What the, yes. Um, one, of, one of the major ones is that you have a lot of resentment in your relationship to each other. And uh, the reason for this is, the reason why it, it reflects that there's lack of trust or safety is if you have resentment, it means somebody's not being honest, assertive, and boundaried in the relationship. Um, and so there's a lack of honesty. And so instead of dealing with the conflict or, or having the boundary, you just resent each other. And there's a lack of honesty because there's a lack of safety in the relationship, right? So resentment is a great indicator that trust is broken in the relationship. Does that make sense, you guys, what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, makes, that makes perfect sense for us. And what's really interesting, just hearing you say it that particular way, Brandon, is I resentment was like this constant two-way street for for Ashlyn and I. I resented Ashlyn and I know for sure that resentment was a I'm thinking back to the the really hard years of I don't know 06, 05, 06, 07 and so forth. Those were really challenging years and that was even before we had kids too where resentment was just this thing in our house that just existed. Right? And I think it was one of the just like you said, it was one of the things that we lived with all the time. So, so this lack of, of trust or safety in the relationship that leads to resentment, um, it's not just caused 
because the other person isn't safe. Um, it's it's twofold. So one is, like, for example, let's say I want my wife to do something, and but I don't dare to ask her, and so I just shut up and I resent her. Mm-hmm. Well, there for two reasons I might do that. One, I know that if I go do that, she won't validate, listen, empathize, understand, or care. And so I'm not going to go talk to her. So that's kind of on her some, that she can't tolerate the real me. And so she's going to reject me, defend, and not be safe. Um, But the other reason why I might not do that is my own stuff. She might be really safe, and I just, I don't dare to be open and honest and, and assertive. So I'd rather just resent and play the victim then go put myself out there in the relationship, right? Does, it, does that make sense? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and when you started talking about this, I thought of Kobe for a second, right? But then I think of me, and I think of in those years, specific years that Kobe was talking about, I didn't know who the heck I was. And I think that's part of the problem. I wasn't boundaried because I didn't even know who I was. Right, right. I just knew, like, something was weird, and some days we were really okay, and other days we weren't. right. So, and, and you're speaking right to the core of it, Ashlyn, is if you want safety in the relationship, then, then you, you need to know yourself and love yourself so that you can show up as a real person in the, in the relationship, both as the communicator and as the listener, right? Yeah. And that's a really hard thing. When resentment really exists, I, I know for sure that that compromised my ability to, um, to rationally or calmly like, express myself. But it also inhibited, like, entirely my ability to listen effectively to you to the point of even understanding where you're coming from. For sure. Both, well, both of us. You're not <laughs> chomping at the bit to empathize with somebody when you're resenting them. For sure. Right? For sure. And so it's going to undermine um, that side of it for you as well. You mm-hmm. being a safe person, if you're resenting her a ton, you're not going to be very safe for her. Right? And, and, and I have – I'm one of those that carries my emotions on my sleeve. Fair, fair statement. Yeah. <laughs> so – and, and – Ashlyn Tully is as well. So <laughs> we're birds of the we're same feather that way. So it's obvious, like, if, if there's resentment that exists, like, mm, it's like Ray Charles could see it. Uh-huh. It's, it's <laughs> that bad. In which, is actually, which is actually kind of a good thing because you're obvious. <laughs> it's it. good right yeah. now because now we can at least say, Work like, hey, it. what's going on? Right. Yeah. Now we, we, we can see it and Before we can it say, just, all right. It drove us further and yeah, away right, from right, each right. other. For sure. And um, so, so that's actually, like you said, it's a good thing. It's also a really challenging thing at the same time. But um, it, it started out with those moments were, were when resentment really lived in intense things. Those were like days. Those were days where we would be in those, in those places. And, and now they're like moments. Right. And, 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 and it's really cool when a couple starts to create safety in a relationship where those things that you resent each other about actually turn into things that you connect on, um, the hard things that you communicate about and you feel loved and supported by each other. It's really cool when it shifts into that. And, and but, I will say this too, though, your, your question about, about resentment, I know for sure in my own work with, with Amy, is, who's our therapist, she's like, Kobe, your big tells when you're in shame. Uh-huh. <laughs> and And... And really, this is like so intertwined with what you're talking about because I know for sure I want to be safe and trust with Ashland. I've been working my hind parts off to be that. Right. And now that's a principle, a way of living for me is to be safe and trusted. I don't always deliver on that because sometimes I go into shame. But 
when I'm in shame, I blame and I resent and I get angry. And I know those are probably intertwined here with, with what, what we're talking about, but you know, what's interesting what you just said, basically what you just said is when I don't feel safe, then I, I become a very unsafe person. Right? Yeah, and you can see how the relationship starts to unravel um, when that happens. You can see my attachment, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of rage and an- anxious attachment, right? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're not that feeling safe, pretty so accurate. you blame and resent and do become we, unsafe. Do you concur, Ashlyn? I concur. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, totally that's totally me. Okay, anyways, along those lines, let's go to number two. Okay, okay. Um, if there is a lot of passive aggressiveness in the relationship, good sign there's not very much safety in the relationship. So let's. Let's define what being passive aggressive is. That is actually, I think, an important one because I think we use that a lot, but I don't know that I actually have an accurate clinical definition that I'm operating against. So So, please let me, let me explain passive aggressive because it's really, uh, it's one of those things that once you, once you learn it, you'll realize you're doing it. And (laughs) most of us do it a lot. Yeah. And it's like, oh shoot. Like I, I know I'm being passive aggressive. Um, but Understanding what it's not is helpful to understand what it is. So it, being aggressive is getting in someone's face, um, getting violent, yelling at them, um, just being very blunt. That's being aggressive, right? Bullish. Uh, bullish, I would yeah, be, sure. I would be a, a bully, fair? Yes. Okay. Right. Being passive is avoiding any conflict, uncomfortableness, hiding, um, not speaking your truth at all. That's being passive. So being being assertive is being healthy being assertive is is being able to speak your truth be honest assert yourself in a healthy way in whatever interpersonal situation you're in being passive aggressive is be, being both passive and aggressive at the same time so let me give you some examples that sounds a little um, complex yeah so like my my brother i, I might have shared this on the podcast before my brother got really mad at me. I can't remember what I did. Um, and I was taking a shower. So he snuck in the bathroom and rubbed icy hot all over my underwear. <laughs> I have not heard this that's story. Awesome. <laughs> now, that's, now that's, classic. that's being passive it. aggressive, right? He's getting at me. He's attacking me quietly, but he's not looking me in the, he's not punching me in the face because he, cause he wouldn't dare. <laughs> oh man. But oh, he's passive so aggressive, right? Okay. okay. So let's, here's some other examples. Uh, passive aggressiveness is manipulative. And so um, it, we do it in, like the, the silent treatment can look passive, but you can be doing it passive aggressively. Totally. Like, you know, it hurts them. And so I'm going to like get at you by giving you the silent treatment. Um, but like, like bullies can passive aggressively bully people on social media, Facebook, um, they can say all kinds of things, you know, that they, they have the keyboard courage, they can attack, but they have to do it in a passive way. Um, meaning like not directly. Yeah. They're not, not going like, up to the person's face and saying things. They're going around the side of it to be passive aggressive. So Brennan, would you say that sarcasm fits in this? Oh, oh like, it's a great passive aggressive tool. Cause it's such a mean thing. But it's funny, ha! Huh? It's it's that's a great one, Ashlyn. It's it. The, I mean, sarcasm in some contexts can just be fun, right? But if somebody's really good at sarcasm and their partner's not, then they can like just dice them up passive aggressively, right? Um, and then write it off to being oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being plain. sarcastic. Yeah. But there's some truth in there, and right. there's some attacks in there 
that are really passive aggressive, right? Um, so the reason why passive aggressive behavior is a good sign of a lack of safety in the relationship is um, it's a way to communicate without being vulnerable. It's a way. It's a way to say like, "Hey, this is what I think, or this is what I need," but I'm not going to vulnerable- come out and say it. I'm not going to come out and say it to okay. you. I'm still going to express it, but I'm not going to come out and actually say it to you, mm-hmm. right? So you're totally capturing me in this. You know that, right? Well, like, I don't think so anymore. No, no not we anymore. We both used like, to be heavily. I remember my older sister, after she had done some of her own work, said. I don't know if you realize this, but most of us siblings all are very passive aggressive. Yeah. And I was like, wait, explain what that means. This right. was years ago. Mm-hmm. And it kind of woke me up like, yeah, I guess I am. Right. Yeah. I certainly was. And I, I was, I would be the type to, um, to, to stomp around. I wouldn't slam cupboards, but I would just be really cold and really icy and curt mm-hmm. with you and just not kind, not gentle and um, and in, without coming out and having, I mean, what, what you're saying to me is like piercing me. Like when I do that, Brandon, what you're saying is, is I'm not vulnerable enough to actually express what what's really gone sideways within me. Right. And that lack of vulnerability compels me to this place of you're being not boundary passive aggressive. Yes, you're passive aggressive. I'm 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 demonstrating in a passive aggressive way my displeasure with whatever it is because I'm not boundary enough nor vulnerable enough to say you're trying to get your boundaries met in all the wrong ways right <laughs> so okay let's That's go to so the mean. let's go to the next one um, the next one would be what I call crazy making um, it's where either partner doesn't know what's going on with the other person so um, you, you, it's just very volatile it's uneasy um, but it's, it's, you don't know what's up and what's down. And so they might say, Hey, how, how are you doing today? I'm good. And you're thinking, are they really good? Um, are they, are they in a horrible place? Did they act out last night? Did they not? I don't know. And you just, you just feel a little bit crazy. Um, do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, we were, that was how we lived. I would say most of our marriage mm-hmm, for sure. was, um, I would say like partners in our home. We were roommates. We talked about light things, um, but we didn't really know what each other was feeling and didn't care kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, I would kind I would assume a lot and I would make stories up in my head, but I never was vulnerable to have a conversation. And what that really meant though, is that when we were, when we were talking recovery, the only time recovery came up was when I would relapse. And so, um, I didn't want ever to share with Ashlyn that I was either stressed or I was worried. I didn't realize I was either of those things, uh, you know, to begin with. Right. But, um, because I, I, I couldn't, give any information to Ashlyn as to how I was doing, the only measure that we had as to things aren't okay is a relapse, which is like totally jacked up. Uh, listen to what that relationship is. It's like... <laughs> Train wreck? You, well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, we have disconnection. We don't know what's actually going on. We have disconnection. Oh, boom, something big happened. We right. have to work through this. And it kind of it kind of lends to continuing relapsing because at least you get some connection. 
in the relationship. Weird, right? Right. Yeah, there was no learning from the experience, no pro- progress at all. And I think right. we probably were like, out. let's figure this out. Really, it was like, how do we figure this out to make this go away? Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't want to address it. I didn't want to address it, and I avoided it. That's for sure. Right. So when there's a lack of vulnerability in, in the relationship, when there's a lack of honesty, it breaks down trust. Um, when that breaks down trust, you you feel a little crazy. You, you have to kind of live on assumption a little bit in the relationship, which isn't healthy at all because you don't actually know each other. And then you'll, uh, you know, some, you say relapse was the only thing that brought you guys together. <laughs> a lot of couples, they'll like pick fights on purpose just because at least they get some kind of clarity or connection with the other person about where they're at mm-hmm. because there's just such disconnect and assumption going on in wow. the relationship. And so. I think to that point, what I think what you just articulated, Brandon, is exactly why I'm such a big, big believer that recovery is a skill set for both the addicted and the betrayed. Absolutely. It is learning the skills to, and you just, you just defined one, how to connect emotionally in a healthy way rather than using a relapse like we did or using a fight like what you just identified as a means to connect because that's just not healthy at all. That's crazy making. As you, just uh, said, you know, addiction is an attachment disorder. And so it's it's going to break down the safety. And if, if the addiction is wedging between the relationship, then there's going to be some crazy making. And so recovery on both sides is each person figuring out how to be a healthy person to attach to. And, and the only way to be healthy in, with trust and safety is to be an honest person, a boundary person, a vulnerable person, right? Okay, next one. Are we ready? Yep. Um, the next one is a good sign that there's a lack of trust and safety in your marriage is there is a lot of drama in your, in your marriage, in your relationship. So what I mean by drama is um, there's... There's, we haven't done an episode on just the drama triangle or different no, forms of drama. We need to. We own that one pretty well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and being passive aggressive is, is being in drama. Um, but the drama triangle, there's three different roles. And we won't get into this in depth. But um, you play the victim. Um, you be the persecutor or you're the rescuer. And, you know, if, if you get in those re- in those conversations with your spouse where... You, you, you want to talk about something hard or you want to bring something up and you talk for three hours and you think, what are we actually even talking about? And have we solved anything? And, and there's fingers being pointed each way saying, well, if you do this, if you do that, you're this way, you're that way. This is all just drama, right? Um, a persecutor will, will get angry and, and be aggressive a victim will wallow and try to get their power by get, getting the person to buy into their victim stance. And a caretaker will act like they're being awesome and selfless, but in reality, they're trying to fix the situation to look important. Me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the reason why, you know, the reason why we go to drama is because we don't feel safe to, to, to get our needs met in a healthy way. So um, to, to come express you know, the way out of drama is one statement of truth. It's, it's a vulnerable, authentic statement. So, um, you know, I, th- I think of my daughter going to bed. I'll, you know, I'll put her to bed and she'll say, Dad, you're mean. Why are you? You know, she's persecuting me. Um, 
I'll walk by her room a few minutes later and she'll be giving me these puppy dog like <laughs> I'm a victim like woe is me eyes you know she's just trying to get her needs she doesn't want to go to bed she's trying to get her needs met in an unhealthy way um, where and, and I'm luckily I'm boundaried with her I'm like go to bed you know <laughs> it's not working on me <laughs> but uh, but it's it's just learning how to communicate vulnerably is the way out of drama the reason we go to drama is because we don't feel safe so it's interesting <clears throat> So um, that one I know for sure. We lived in that place. I I owned victim mode for sure. And I don't even think, Ashley, you really necessarily needed to set up camp in, in Persecutor very much because I was probably already in victim mode to begin with. And oh, and, and the, totally. the victim doesn't just come out when there's a persecutor. In, fa- in I, fact, I live in that place. Uh, one, one thing that can really trigger a victim is another victim. And so if you're both being victims, then... Oh, it's drama oh and you get nowhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, we could talk about drama. We should do a whole episode on getting out of drama. Just on that for sure. Yeah. So. And, and as far as the fix it, the rescuer, I could not, I could not ever, um, not fix things. And it was Brandon, you that told me, Kobe, you know why you fix things? And I was like, dude, no, <laughs> no. <That's> right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you said it's, it's a selfish thing. And I was like, my first gut reaction was like, F you, it's a selfish <laughs> thing. I'm trying to fix this. And then you explain yourself and it's like, you're just uncomfortable and you don't want to be uncomfortable. So you're going to try to fix something rather than work through yes, something. Exactly. And once you friend it like that, I was like, Ugh. it was one of those like javelin hit me between the eyes. Like, Oh my gosh, for sure. Yep. And, uh, and, and that, but that's a real, that was a, that was a super real thing for me. And I even still have to, consciously stop myself <laughs> from fixing and I, I still don't do very yeah, well with that actually I, I think this week a couple of times you're like Kobe yeah I just said you're fixing. fixing and so like turn the conversation back around I'm just talking right right that's good so it's Ashton, not a fight it used to be a fight right when oh, yeah. either one of us started to fix and now it's just like oh wait wait that's actually not what I'm you're catching for. <laughs> it now you're mindful of it and, yeah but but do you hear the safety there yeah. you're able to kind of call it out and he doesn't then go to victim, victim because mode. you called it out and it's like oh yeah like thank you like and there's some trust there between the two yeah. of you right yeah so you know we all before i get to the last one um we all want to be loved and in our in our relationships we want understanding we want validation we just want connection and the the way to really truly know you're loved is to go to those most vulnerable places Mm-hmm. Um, with another person and in those vulnerable places is where you find out that do, do they do they love me do they care will they connect to me and <clears throat> it's it's scary we're, we're we're scared of abandonment and so we avoid those vulnerable places but when we avoid those vulnerable places we we're missing out on the the most important thing that we're actually trying to get in our relationships right which is that love so um the last one is obvious, um, but it, the, one, of the, one of the best signs that there's a lack of safety and trust in your relationship is if you lack intimacy. You, don't, you, you can't get to those vulnerable places with the other person. And when I say intimacy, I mean intimacy on all fronts. Um, sexual intimacy, spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy. Um, being able to, to, to 
to be angry and upset and that other person can still hear you, um, to be sexual and that other person values who you are sexually, uh, to be spiritual and that other person can, can, can let you be you with your spirituality and who you are. Um, <clears throat> but when there's a lack of intimacy, it's a good sign there's a lack of trust and safety. Trust and safety is the thing that allows that vulnerability in the relationship. So Super good. I'm going to add one. I can't can't help it, Brandon. Oh, please do. Commitment. Loyalty. Well, okay. <laughs> a lack of commitment? Lack. Yeah. I mean, that's going to breed. That's what bred the, safe, the lack of trust and safety with me. Yeah. So if you don't have commitment or loyalty, then you won't have trust safety. and safety. Right. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, and, and on our, on our Patreon episode, we can talk about, um, what you really need to, in order to create a safe relationship so that these things can go away in your relationship. So you don't have passive aggressiveness. You don't have resentment. You can live out of drama. You yes. can have intimacy, right? Like all the, all of these things. Um, but, but if you keep doing what you're doing, um, then, and if it's not working, if you feel this disconnect, if you feel this frustration in your relationship, it's not going to all of a sudden snap into place. Yeah. No, it takes uh, time. It takes a, it's a process to build that because safety and that trust. Walls are really coming down. You're, I remember our therapist, Amy saying like, you need to just like peek over that wall yeah. and just test out. You need to like build the door through the wall. You need to do something rather than just saying there's a wall and I'm sorry. Exactly. Take, take in, in order to, to actually rebuild trust after betrayal, it's so hard and it's so tricky and scary and scary. But in order to actually know that there's trust and safety there, again, you're going to have to take that risk. You're going to have to get vulnerable to see if it's real and and the more real it is, the more deep you can get in your relationship, the more connection you can have. I think we so. had uh, a quote one time that you posted. I don't know who it's from, but it, I think the quote was something like, you'll never regret being vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> and it might hurt that's being vulnerable, but you'll never regret it. And it's scary. And that's been our experience. I mean, that's can, can I, can I, I'll say a lot of people regret being vulnerable because they, they get hurt by it. Uh-huh. Um, but I think the type of vulnerability you're talking about is a little different. And, wh- and what that means is if you choose to be a vulnerable person, uh-huh. even if you f- get rejected, if you fail, if whatever, um, y- now with the knowledge that vulnerability is good, you know you're going to get something out of it right. in a positive way. Because it right? doesn't always go your way, but it's still me showing up and being me. Absolutely. And that's better. So there than, is no regret in that. Yeah. Right. Being authentic and being vulnerable. Or, I mean, vulnerable vulnerability leads to authentic living. And I certainly know what it's like to not be authentic and not know who I am. And vulnerability is, is hard. And it has been painful. But I've, I've um, always learned from it. It's always created greater connection. But it's also that connection has not just been with you, Ashlyn, but it's also been connection to myself to God, which well, has been the, important. I mean, to create vulnerability basically is, is, is recovery to, to be able to be an authentic person and love yourself. That's recovery. And so, um, yeah, uh, being vulnerable isn't something that you just turn on Yeah, um, um, or turn off. Like, I mean, you can turn it off, but it is something that you're continually practicing. 
right? For, yeah, and you're healing the deepest wounds that you have, and you're 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 getting rid of the secrecy and and the lies and the and the double lives, the facade, the facade. Like there's so much to be able to just be a vulnerable, honest, authentic person in a, in a relationship. It feels so much better. Feel so much better when you are, and I will say just as we wrap this up, like the idea, and I say this all the time in my groups, is like we're working towards two things, and we're doing that with with various means and methods, but we're working towards being safe and trusted, to be considered safe and trusted in the eyes of our partners, right. and I can't think of a greater endeavor. It's been the most challenging thing, and I want to be really, really clear: <laughs> being safe and trusted has everything to do with me. Yes, it it, it lies solely on me to be that. So that you, Ashlyn, consider me those things. You can't do it for me. I can't rely on you to do that. You can't facilitate it. I have to stretch and grow to be safe and trusted. Man, Kobe, I hope that whoever's struggling with an addiction out there, just listen to what Kobe said. Because what um, did I just say? (laughs) That being safe and trusted has to do with you. Um, Because in my groups, uh, some guys just don't want to accept that. They, they just want to blame. They want to stay stuck. They want to use their wife uh, as an excuse to continue acting out. Um, yeah, as, as opposed to taking that accountability and saying, I'm going to do what it takes to create some safety and some trust here. So, And that goes both ways, oh, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So, And I think that's one of the things that we'll talk about this week in, in Patreon is, is steps that we took to establish safety and trust. Um, I, I think this is just... This is a just it's cool because this episode really has has tapped into stuff that we've done, but really topics we haven't like really head on addressed in some time. So I love this and it really speaks to it speaks to me in a huge way. And I get excited about this because this is this is rad stuff. Awesome. Okay. Ashlyn, you want to speak to you real quick as far as uh, patrons and what they can expect this week? Well, you're welcome to come over with us. We're excited because we do have some people over there who are asking questions, who are there with us in that little community, and it's growing, which yeah. means you're it's for you anywhere where you're at. We're doing, going to do a Q&A once a month where we're asking your specific questions, and um, one of them that we'll be answering this month is from a mom yeah, who I think is awesome for reaching out and wanting to help her child who has an addiction, so... There's a place for all of you. For sure. Love to have you guys. Okay. Peace out. We'll see you again. See ya.